Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Well, hello everyone. I am Katie Patrick, joined as always by David Fiorazzo. What's you up? Know, <laughs> a lot. A lot is up, <laughs> including the fact that our Freedom Project Academy, the one, the only. That's right. Our K-12 Judeo-Christian online school, it's now enrolling students for this upcoming fall. So if you want some information about it, it's free, free 99 for information. All you have to do is go to freedom forschool.com to get started and get that information that's freedom for school.com and then we'll send you a free information packet and you can learn all about our school and then when you sign up and enroll a student in there whether it's your own child your niece your nephew your grandson your granddaughter whoever it may be make sure you use the code educated so that we here at freedom project can know that it was here educated david and i who sent you excellent now we're going to get to the news at hand. And that is a school in Tennessee has some explaining to do, Ricky Ricardo style. That's right. After one teacher was not only punched in the face by a student, not only, not only punched, but also pepper sprayed by another student. And all of this, of course, was captured on video because it's 2023 and we capture everything on video <laughs> instead of helping others out. We just, we're, we're all directors now. Yes. We're ready. Speaking of being captured on video... The headline says, female high school student who allegedly Us. A yes. pepper sprayed teacher for confiscating her phone receives appropriate mm -hmm. disciplinary consequences. Now, allegedly, it's on video. It went viral. No, but it's allegedly. Uh, but allegedly. allegedly. Okay, so the female high school student caught on video pepper spraying a male teacher has received some sort of discipline, the Tennessee school district said. <laughs> and we're going to take their word for it. No, uh-uh. Anyway, Metro Nashville Public Schools told the station that they were interviewing at the time uh, that they're interviewing with. The incident occurred last uh, Friday. Antioch High School, the teacher received immediate medical assistance from the school nurse. And this is about 30 minutes or so southeast of Nash, Vegas. Um, so the TV station added that the incident report was filed with the Metro Nashville Police Department through the school's resource officer for further investigation. Because after all, Katie, it was allegedly. So can we see a video of this alleged happening? Go. Oh, nice. Mace is crazy. <laughs> no, Mace is crazy. No. She just pepper sprayed me. Give me my phone. Give me my phone. Can I get my phone? Can I get my phone? Give me my phone. Doesn't it sound like a two-year-old? Three-year-old. Four. Give me my phone. Yeah, By the way, um, yeah, does, I, I, to my understanding, pepper spray does not immediately affect the knee joints, but he just dropped, right? Well, it's, anyway, you know what? Here's it, the deal. It's, yeah. it's safer for him to do that. My initial reaction, even in just watching that, is to want to punch her in the face for having pepper spray. Katie. It, 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 it's my initial like, ah, 
So that that was a smarter choice on his behalf to do that. This is what we have happening across the nation in all the schools. How many times do we have this happen? If we would make a montage, oh, that would be fun. Would it though, or would it just be more? That would be painful. Yes, it would be painful for a lot of people. Um, We have this happening, and it's kind of the same attitude. It's the students knowing nothing ultimately will happen. Nothing that really affects them. Because we've gone to this system of no discipline, nothing actually, no consequences in any of the schools. Because instead of actually like the teachers being allowed to put her in her place or fight back in some manner when physical violence has been done to them, they just have to go down to their knees. So, Katie, are you saying, are you suggesting maybe that there's a no. lack of discipline yes, there's a in lack of the government-run schools? And We can't let the teachers teach anymore. We can't let the teachers do discipline anymore. What, what do the teachers do? They facilitate. Facilitate? They faci- facilitate. I think they indoctrinate, but well, that's another... The, that they facilitate... Well, they hand out the resources. That's why I say they facilitate. It's the actual documents that do the indoctrination portion. But yeah, they facilitate for all of this to happen in the classroom. And so it all comes down. I mean, it it goes way up the chain. So even those teachers who want to do something in the classroom and take control of it aren't allowed because the administrators don't allow it. And the administrators don't allow it because the school board doesn't allow it. And the school board doesn't allow it because the politicians don't allow it. All and the right, politicians don't right. allow it because they have their own narrative of what they want right, to happen. Right, because this is uh, influenced by the mothership, the NEA. But there's more. A follow-up story um, and, a, and a new video has emerged allegedly showing the same teacher, unfortunately, repeatedly getting punched in the head. This happened earlier this school year by a different student. Remember, it's all allegedly. Watch this. The alleged New video. video shows the moment a student assaults an MNPS teacher. The teacher is seen here in the brown shirt. As he stands up, the student punches him in the head multiple times. The teacher walks off and calls for an administrator. And just last week, a new attack. This video shows the same teacher getting assaulted by a student again, this time with pepper spray. It's no surprise as we're seeing teacher assaults continue to escalate across our state. J.C. Bowman is with the Professional Educators of Tennessee. He says he often hears from teachers who feel unsafe in the classroom. Districts do not take it near as serious as they should be. Federal law prevents MNPS from sharing what discipline this student received, but according to district policy, using pepper spray and assaulting a teacher both fall under a Category 4 offense and does not result in automatic expulsion. The punishment options include in-school suspension, out-of-school suspension, and possible expulsion. Expulsion is defined by the district as a last resort. The only way assaulting a teacher results in automatic expulsion is if it's considered aggravated assault by using a deadly weapon or causing injury that requires more than basic first aid. We're too busy in our schools claiming that language is assault and violence. Silence is violence. But when actual violence occurs, we turn a blind eye to it and be like, nothing to see here. And the thing that gets me about this is anytime we have these violent assaults actually happening, happening, they're like, well, we're taking appropriate measures. Okay, answer me this. What's the appropriate measure? Oh, an in-school suspension. Okay, what does that really teach the child? Oh, they get out of class. Well, what could happen to them? They're rewarded. They're rewarded or out of school. 
suspension. Okay, yeah. they rewarded. Okay, well, what happens to that? What what affects them by getting out of class? Well, they they don't get to turn in their homework? No, no, that's not how it works anymore. It, it Maybe back in the day, if you got out of school suspension or something, that might affect your grades because yeah. you're not able to turn things in. You're not able to participate. You would just get big fat zeros. Not in this day and age. I, in too many schools, it's you can keep doing assignments and turn them in whenever you want and all that. So them getting an in-school suspension, out-of-school suspension, it doesn't affect their actual grades. So what, again, I repeat myself, what is the actual punishment here? What is it? Well, my point, and this uh, this will have to wrap it up, is that uh, the Obama administration has spent so much time and money, taxpayer dollars, on ensuring that a minority of the student body, the LGBTQ students, are safe, that they're overlooking the need for safety when it comes to teachers, and yeah, we have we have lots of problems here, but we've got to move on. Still to come, nearly 3,000 California teachers have been striking in California as they demand school homeless shelters and climate justice initiatives to be added to their contracts. Hmm, sounds like people you should definitely pay more money to. That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Take back your kids' education. FPA's fully accredited classical curriculum provides live, on-demand, and homeschool courses built on Judeo-Christian values. Request your information packet and save 10% on tuition by visiting freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. Yes, the weather is extra nice this spring. So, of course, it's about that time of year for uh, teachers to protest and strike in the name of climate change. The Oakland Education Association, OEA, was uh, just out there striking all of last week um, after failing to negotiate a contract extension with the Oakland Unified School District. Now, the teachers union is pushing for as they say, common good proposals, uh, including the implementation of a climate justice day, turning vacant school buildings into homeless housing, and of course, <clears throat> reparations. Okay. For for the black students. Hold on, Here hold on, da- hold on, David. Okay. I need to repeat that okay. so everyone understands. They they protested for over a week now. Okay. Um, having the implementation of a climate justice day. They want to turn vacant school buildings into homeless housing, and they want reparations for black students. Teachers, union members, your students in Oakland have not had education for more than a week, but realistically, a year or more. Yeah. Well, Oakland? Because of things like this, your students, I guess, physically were not present in the school building, although... They were able to, I'll get to that part. They actually were able to be in school, but just not get education. So who knows? Anyway, we'll get to that part in a moment. The actual OEA proposal said that in alignment, how is it? It's in alignment with the academic standards. <laughs> that needs to be evaluated. The OUSD shall support the development of culturally relevant curriculum relevant. by implementing the ethnic studies and reparations for black students policies. That's right. That's right. Collaborate with the OEA to expand environmental justice curriculum 
environmental justice and support professional development for teachers to modify current curricula to increase its relevance for our diverse communities diverse Tr translated to indoctrinate the way we want them to be indoctrinated we need to would they say massage it to make it safe spaces inclusive diverse equity all of it all of it mm -hmm. well you had me at climate justice day <laughs> which is just an, uh, just unbelievable well let's watch this video to set this up even more Get down. Is a union town. mega picket lines made their way through oakland as teachers spent their fourth day away from the classroom on strike the oakland education association holding firm on their goal to include common good items in a new contract assembly member mia bonta who supports the union says those goals are achievable for the good of all students whether it be focusing on an opportunity to use our housing, uh, use our land in the district to be able to house our homeless kids, whether it be making sure that we have community schools that have a shared governance model. But some parents believe the union has taken it too far. I believe they've done it in the wrong way. I know the union is advocating for stuff that so many of us believe in around like um, justice and uh, homelessness and equal access and transportation, stuff that like really matters but that doesn't belong in a union contract. At the same time, I feel like the teachers are fighting for all of us in Oakland and so those common good goals are part of that and they can't teach well if the kids are hungry, if the kids don't have somewhere to sleep at night, so they're, they're fighting for those things so that we can all have a safe place to learn. I was just, I was vibing with it, you know? <laughs> oh, Lord, help just, us. Now, th th this it. is, they had some good points. The one guy said, well, it shouldn't necessarily be in the contract, part of the, yeah. 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 Climate, this, environmental justice, climate this, justice. What the, is justice anyway? <laughs> they don't know what a woman is. All right. Climate justice day also, <laughs> um, they have it with this proposal to include field trips, to include workshops, to have the teach-ins. And obviously for that climate justice day, it's, to push for quality, equitable, and culturally relevant teaching. Right. Whatever they define that as. Right. Because they just define it that. They want the reparations for the black students, which include demands that the district schools uh, that enroll at least 40% or more African-American students be transformed into those black thriving community schools with a task force to ensure that black students thrive. Katie Petrick, they're going to need a whole lot more money to ensure that this gets done. Of course, they, they of course want more money, and I'll get to that in a moment. But is, is segregation alive and well? Yes. Apparently. Who's doing the segregating? Exactly. The educators. The educators. Now, the union's proposal demands that the school district use its underutilized spaces to provide that year-round housing for the homeless students. Uh, Mike Hutchinson of the school district, he's actually the school board president, he said, I would also like to reiterate our position on common good proposals. Well, we agree on the principles. They simply do not belong in contract language, right? So that's what we had heard. The district had offered, this is what the district came to this union with, a 10% raise, a one-time $5,000 bonus. The district is also proposing to remove these frozen zones, which can prevent teachers from receiving a raise for up to eight years. So what? What? Wait a they, minute. They which can prevent? Yeah. So they actually removed this, okay. this thing. So they had taken this frozen zone out. Okay. Where, so you would able to be able to get your raise. You're all, we're already given a 10% raise. We're given a $5,000 bonus. And they're just out there on the corner of the street because it's not good enough for them. Well, hey, okay, fine. It, it sounds like it was a kind of a lucrative move to just stand out there for a couple of days yep. holding a sign and chanting. So they got more money. Yeah, but don't worry. 
your kids in Oakland. Where were they? What was happening? Well, even though they've been on strike for over a week, the school district's 80 buildings were remain have been able to be, remain open to students with office staff on duty to do educate and supervise students. Educate and supervise. Um, <laughs> yeah. So what we're learning is that they're getting equal education, whether the teachers are in the classroom with the students or if the students are just there with other other staff. That's what we've learned. Well, let's bottom line it, Katie Petrick, and let's go for the numbers. Ah. Last year, 35% of Oakland students met English grade level expectations, 35%, while nearly, that means almost, 26% of students were proficient in math. Yep. That's, a, that's according to Ed Source. Yep, yep, so. So the money, the money that they're trying to ask for more of, that's really gonna help. That's totally gonna help. The education. Yes, of course. Yeah. Now, when we come back, hundreds of schools around the country are now moving to four-day weeks as rural districts struggle to recruit and retain quality teachers well or oakland this should be an interesting discussion stay with us today's show is sponsored by our friends at my pillow save up to 66 percent on pristine quality bedding towels slippers signature pillows and much more when you use the code educated that's e-d-u-c-a-t-e-d educated Support this show and a great American company. You know, who needs five days in a given week to fail our students? We can get it done in four. Yes. I'm, I'm okay. Now, throughout the nation, 850 school districts have moved to four-day weeks, closing school either Monday or Friday, and that's an increase of 200 school systems since 2019. Now, what happened between 2019 and today? Has anything happened um, maybe worldwide that would... Mm, not maybe, a pandemic of any kind. No, or, no pandemic of any kind. Yeah, now, No school uh, shutdowns. Yes. Though, though research shows cutting down on class time leads to learning loss, school districts are making the move to improve students' mental health, uh, to cut spending, and to combat that teacher shortage that we have perpetually at this point uh, i mean you know what is the phrase beating a dead horse or something i don't know like they we have teacher shortages and teacher shortages how short are we in these teachers at this point it's been decades well and then we've seen through the years or through doing this program what kind of teachers they've been filling into yeah, the gaps with the, the radicals but we've got a video to watch here go Monday typically marks the start of a new week in most schools across the country. But classrooms in Warren County, Missouri are empty. No teachers, no students, no class. It's a part of the four-day school week the district adopted four years ago in an effort to attract and keep teachers in the classroom. We struggled to retain our teaching staff, so we were losing about almost 20% of our teaching staff every year. Warren County Schools Superintendent Greg Klingensmith says the shortened week is his best bargaining chip when recruiting teachers. And we said, well, we can't pay. What can we bargain with? And time is what we had to bargain with. And that did work. The practice is becoming more common. About 560 school districts in 25 states have one or more schools with a four-day week, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. In Missouri, schools with four-day schedules have lengthened the school day to meet the state's requirement for hours of instruction. 
Wait, wait, wait. Did they say they've lengthened the school day to meet the hours of instruction requirement? But one less it's, day in school. But in Help one given day, out. how there's the law of diminishing returns. The longer you get there in that day, the less those kids are going to be able to give, the less the teachers are going to give a pituitary anyway. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> it. Four-day versus five-day. Well, there were a lot of red states in that map. Yeah, if, well, that, if that's accurate, that we're going to a four-day. Well, let's so, think. What are I mean? There's benefits, pros, cons. Yeah, yeah. But it's fascinating because if we're talking about going back to our other story with Oakland, the teachers are striking. Is that something the teachers would want? They would want maybe a four-day work week instead. But we can't have just a four-day work week with someone like them because then they're just going to claim that it's going against. Uh, you know, it's not like equitable to all of our our the homeless students or the poorer families because how are you going to find childcare? So it goes back and forth. Which, which way? You said childcare. So what are parents going to have to do? Who this watches the, exactly. the children, the, the this kids on great one. whatever day, Monday or Friday that they are not in school? Yeah. And there are places, there are states too that are, uh, there are at least nine states considering legislation that would mandate a later school start time as well difference now i've had that like back in high school you had to do like you know pro con right. papers and yeah. stuff and everyone always took the like school day start late time just because or whatever and <laughs> there's benefits to that and then there would be you know like detriments to that as well but the main f push for this is mental health mental health understanding Give more, that right it says <clears throat> in the article the Associated Press said that starting like the starting later time okay. would give students more time to sleep. All right. Would it though? Is that what they're going to be doing is sleeping or are they just going to be staying up even later to play video games and watch TikTok videos? And yes, they would sleep later, but they would also probably go to bed later. So it's an interesting one. Let's get everyone else's opinion on that. Leave a comment. <laughs> let us know your thoughts, but still to come. Get out of the way, Einstein. You old, dead, white guy, I guess. We have an 11-year-old girl who is set to earn a master's degree in engineering. 11-year-old girl. Did you hear? 11. But her journey to this point has been truly amazing. Stay with us. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Let's talk about a young girl in Mexico, um, 11 years old. And yeah, she was bullied for being autistic, but she's earning a master's degree in engineering and dreams of being an astronaut, astronaut for NASA. Her name, Edhara Perez Sanchez. She grew up in a low-income neighborhood uh, near Mexico City, and she finished elementary school at age five then finished middle and high school a year later. She's now working with the Mexican Space Agency, you heard that right, to help promote space exploration among 
young girls. So here she is, uh, 11 years old, a child prodigy. And um, this is one of those interesting stories. I, I know it's not in the U.S., it's Mexico, but just the, the fact that it, they must have gone through some hard times because um, she was autistic or they, they, the kids were picking on her, bullying. Um, and here she is. They fought through this. So here's what it is. She was diagnosed with the developmental disability at the age of three after her speech significantly regressed. And she was found rocking herself in her high chair. She, she began to crawl very quickly, though. But after enduring years of what they call apathetic teachers and also some bullying from classmates, uh, that led to changing her school three times. But she began to isolate herself. And uh, the teachers were not very empathetic uh, that they said, their family said in an interview. And she began to exclude herself and did not want to play with her classmates. But here she is. They got their acts together here, Katie, 11 years old. And uh, do you use the word child prodigy very often? We haven't I, heard I, that I, very often. I, well, no, you don't. When you talk about prodigies there's a select few that get named but when you talk about like geniuses you you do put albert einstein in there you know you yeah. even put uh various other wait people. a minute stephen hawking i guess you would put in there right he's up there on the screen we'll IQ talk about him. so they each yeah einstein wow. and hawking each have iqs of 160 but she tested at 162 take that wow. einstein ha 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 good stuff um yeah and it's it's actually kind of funny because she noticed Hawking like as well. So she like it, they call him a muse for her, I guess. And uh, <laughs> so uh, she entered was actually introduced to Hawking when she visited one of her doctors who had an office that was full of artwork displaying the scientist. Um, you might know of Hawking is discovering of the black holes and how they emit emit radiation is what he discovered or whatever. Um, she. According to her quote, she said uh, he was very intelligent. He manifested with his mind and through the computer. That's what the doctor actually told her. Uh, and then I guess that's when she was like, well, I got to look into this guy. And then, hey, look at she's huh. smarter than this guy. That's pretty fun. That's well, awesome. One thing that's interesting, she said, I want to go to space and colonize Mars. If you don't like and this she sounds like a motivational uh, speaker here she says if you don't like where you are imagine where you want to be there you go <laughs> it's uh, that easy that is, it's that easy it's that yes. easy just now, be a visionary at 11 years old or that, before that yep that's what we're trying to do here on educated as well be visionaries yep. all right well if you are a fan of this show please make sure you like you comment you share you subscribe you do all the things that you would do on a video like this and also don't forget to check out freedom project freedom project academy for the fall we have freedom school.com to get you started get you all the information you need that's freedom for school.com now for david and myself thank you for watching thank you for listening and thank you for supporting what we do until next time stay educated educated is directed and produced by mike menzel hosted by katie petrick and david fiorazzo makeup and hair by katie shoal graphics designed by dan kaler Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.